Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. What a start to the new year. (laughs) I can't hear myself in my headphones. New year, new me, new show. No, none of that. It is sort of a new show, though. It is Nuanas now, at least for the time being. And we'll have a ton of friends in here throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the rest of basketball season, and throughout the new year. Welcome in. Coulter Nuanas broadcasting to you live from the ESPN Missoula studios right here in Missoula, Montana. If you're listening on the radio, you already know it's 1029 ESPN Missoula. You can also catch us live on the live stream, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live. You can find us there 24 hours a day. Listen to ESPN Radio around the clock, no matter where you're at. Hook it up on your phone, your computer, wherever you got. We got you covered when it comes to mobile listening. The stream, it's presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call today, You can find us at 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that number as well. Give us a text or give us a call. All guests join us via the Rangich Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me. It's been a long day already. Earliest tip in school history and uh, for the University of Montana men's basketball team against Northern Colorado. But here we are, 9 a.m. at Dahlberg Arena. Now it's 4 p.m. here at the ESPN Studios. But Riley, thanks for being with us, man. How you doing? You tired yet? I'm doing great. I'm not tired at all. I'm still running on adrenaline. That's for darn sure. But I'm also thinking that, you know, how many times can – we've said so long how much we've wanted to put 2020 in the rearview mirror. So what better way to start 2021 than – 
you know, with a 9 a.m. game followed by a radio show as well. So all is good, and what a thrilling game that we had in the morning as well. Coulter to absolutely try and get things going. Uh, Grizz were able to pull it out. I know we have plenty to cover, especially with the holiday, the new year, everything in between. We have NFL playoffs. We've got college basketball. We've got plenty on the line, that's for sure. We usually do this on Fridays. We're doubling up because I was off for the last two weeks. Two tell Nuanas is a thing of the past. We're never going to talk about it or answer any questions about that guy ever again. Ever again. At least until he comes back for some NFL segments or whatever uh, he he might contribute to this show moving forward. But usually on Fridays, we do our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. I've been out the last two weeks. We're going to make it up to him because I'll tell you this. I need this right here, big time. Florence Coffee Company. The best in all of Missoula, the best in all of Montana, no matter where you're at in the Treasure State, there's a Florence Coffee Company near you. You can go to FlorenceCoffeeCo.com backslash locations to find the nearest kiosk. I got myself a triple shot ice Americano. Somehow, someway, you don't drink coffee? You're I don't a coffee drink coffee. Guy? How about that? There's a fun fact. Wow. I mean, but, this, you're, you're free of vices. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know if I'd go that far, but definitely no coffee. Um, it's tea, though. It's a tea day. You got you to gotta protect the pipes in a day like this. You know, if we would have had a, a 10 to 15 point blowout this morning, it would have been different, culture. But with a close game, I got to make sure the... The pipes are warmed up here, so I'm just going with some hot tea today, but Florence Coffee can absolutely provide that as well. Montana 56, Northern Colorado 54. It's not a typo. We've had a grand total of, what, six points for Montana's four conference games. The Grizz on the losing side three times in a row, but today they were gunning for their first conference win and avoiding their first 0-4 conference start in 50. Count them, 50 years. We're going to get into that, but... I want to talk about Riley a little bit here for a minute. Riley and I have known each other for a long time now. We uh, first crossed paths back in Bozeman. Uh, but, Riley, I, I think some of our listeners know you as the voice of the Grizz and maybe not much beyond that. You, this is what now, year five, voice year of five. the Grizz? Yeah. So you replaced a legend in Mick Holy. And rest in peace, Mick. We lost more of the Thanksgiving holiday, but we know he's in a better place now. Um, but just take people through it. You're a Montana guy, Montana native. Just give people a little bit of your bio here. It's a it's a pretty fun story when we talk about it now, Coulter, and being here and being able to do this show with you. But it was a just like you, a love of sports from the very beginning. Growing up in Billings, uh, uh, diehard sports fan, wanted to get into sports casting the entire time of growing up, and I was a huge baseball guy, and was coming back at home, it seemed, every single night, and I found myself watching the Dodgers, and everything of my broadcast career does funnel back to Vin Scully, so that's why I always have to start with the Vin Scully storylines and everything in between, but um, you look at it, and that to me was kind of where it all started, um, and being able to kind of form a path towards broadcasting. I knew that regardless of what it was going to be, I wanted to be working in sports um, and to have this type of career is pretty surreal, um, but every decision was made towards that and um, going to Washington State for four years and down to Boise, the goal was always to come back here and I grew up a Grizzly fan and always wanted to come back for this gig and for it to come open is certainly surreal. I mean, stops in Boise, North Carolina, where we met really was in Bozeman along Mm -hmm. the way. I know we 
you know, here in Missoula, they don't like talking about that too much. But I tell you what, it was a, it was great just to see the entire side of things, to be able to. I drove from Billings every day to call games in both. Crazy. So to go back and forth there was uh, just kind of a microcosm of everything in between. And then um, to get this job the last five years, it, it has been an absolute blast. And then to just continue to grow it from, from where it is, uh, super fired up to be here with you. And uh, I know it's been a, a fun journey for both of us to get this point. Uh, that's one thing too the the fact that you have worked around the Big Sky and I think that you appreciate the Big Sky Conference as a league as a whole too I mean I think that's one thing that we've tried to indoctrinate the people of Western Montana upon because I do think that while the University of Montana has had uh, among the most prestigious athletic runs rises and runs in the league's history and certainly replaced uh, some of the schools that left the league in the early 1990s as the flagship in the Big Sky Conference and the premier athletic department leading the way into the 21st century I think it's been a little bit insular around Western Montana sometimes. Grizz fans, I think a lot of times they consume things from a perspective of the Grizz and not the rest of the league. And I I do think that that on one hand is good because I talk about the expectation of excellence at Montana, what it should be, where the program should be. And that's why I think we, when we're analyzing and reporting on these programs, we try to hold them to a high level of accountability because Montana, let's be frank, has uh, some more advantages than almost anybody in the league. But on the other hand, I think that the one thing that we've always tried to express, both SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as right here at ESPN Missoula, um, as well as on all our podcasts and everything like that too, is that, you know, it's like, Bo Baldwin used to always say, former Eastern Washington head coach, now Cal Poly head coach, he said, hey, 50% of the of the coaches, 50% of the teams lose every single weekend. And guess what? Every single guy in the league, every single guy in the country that's a coach, they get paid too. And so I think it's good to give perspective from uh, just the way that the league has evolved and changed and things like that. And, I, you know, you mentioned maybe people that are listening to us on the radio waves in Missoula not liking to hear some stuff about Bozeman. But I do think it's important. I think that the fact that we have two incredibly strong universities in this state, you know, University of Montana is the flagship and Montana State University has the great land-grant school. I think it's important. I think it trickles down into every element of the two college towns and across the state as well. And anybody out there that's watching on SWX Montana too, I, th- I know that there's a lot of appreciation for both schools and people want to know what's going on on the other side of the rivalry, no doubt. So shout out to all the small towns out there. I know that there's people in Augusta, Shoto, and a whole bunch of other great places in Montana that are watching as well. So we continue to, to bring you the covers that you want um, as we enter here into a new year. And this will be exciting, right? He's going to be joining us most Mondays, every Tuesday, and probably a little bit later on in the week as well to preview some of the stuff as we trudge through Big Sky Conference play. Pretty crazy, Riley, because here we are on one hand, we're just getting into Big Sky Conference play. On the other hand, it's like nine weeks until we go to Boise for the Big Sky Tournament, See, so it, it's two-sided, right? It's totally two-sided because it, I think there's just so much speculation and just more of Okay, hesitancy of are we going to get there? I, I do feel, I, I feel, I don't know about you, Coulter, but I feel there's plenty of confidence behind it and, and for good reason that we will get to the finish line, at least for basketball. And we're seeing teams being paused here in and year out. But um, tell you what, in nine weeks to go to Boise, that's kind of a surreal moment right there. And it's good perspective, I think, for the rest of the league because at the end of the day, what are both the Grizz and the Cats chasing? They're chasing conference championships. So how do you win a conference championship? You got to know the landscape of the rest of the league. And 
And I, and I do think, um, although it might not be agreed upon by everybody, I do think the league has gotten significantly better in a lot of different areas. And it's important to, I mean, there's no better source than you for someone that's covered the entire league in that regard. So um, it'll be fun. We will have plenty to break down. I know this kind of cherry picked the days. I mean, early part of the week, we've got so much to cover from the weekend that was, man. These shows no are going to fly by. No doubt. Well, let's get into the action from earlier this morning. I, first of all, never thought in my life I was going to be sitting at Dahlberg Arena at 8.45 in the morning. I mean, I'm telling you, I need this Florence coffee right now. We're not trying to be, you know, I know most people out there listen to this show. You're probably at work by 8.30, 9 o'clock. You know, us sports guys, we're working until 11.30 or 12 at night most of the time. So this is a completely reversal of schedule. Here in Missoula Broadcasting, my schedule's changed uh, quite a bit. And I do I am more of a, I guess, 9 to 6-er now. But it was pretty funny sitting with, you know, the Missoulian guys and the, the TV news guys. Because those guys, you know, they're night owls. They're living, they're living the schedule completely backwards. So let's answer the first question before we get into the analysis of this 56-54 Montana victory. Why was the game at 9 o'clock this morning? Travis DeCure, he answered that question in the post-game press conference. He said, Northern Colorado, they need to get out of here in order to get back home and test. You already know what they're testing for. We're not going to waste your time with that. We don't want teams testing on the road because there's no protocol for getting people home. If you have a positive test on the road, how are you going to get home? You can't fly, so somebody's going to have to drive that player and or coach from here to Greeley and how long is that going to take? It comes down to how uh, how you can get out of town on time to get home for that third test of the week. We all have our tests today. Northern Colorado needed to get tested either this morning or by the time they get on their flight, and we won't have the results until they get out of here. So that's the reason why you've gone through this. You're, you're on the road with the team a lot. I mean, it, it's pretty brutal having these tests three times a week. It is, and even more so when you're playing the non-conference games against Pac-12 opponents where you had to get tested every single day for five straight days. It's just become kind of the way of life and the players are used to it but it's something that is kind of wedged into schedule and we all know how coaches and teams they're just they basically live off their day-to-day schedule and they're creatures of habit for it so to change things up this drastically it obviously alters that and just the testing schedule I know that for me before I go to bed every night it's more of a check-in with the training staff whoever's in charge of it okay wins testing what time it's just a part of, of everything even more important than practice because you know what if you don't clear any COVID protocols there is no practice there is no games to talk about it's just been a bizarre year but yeah getting tested three times a week with Grizz basketball <laughs> amazing this is now it's going to take me a little while to even get that in my brain but happy new year to everybody we are rolling for here for the foreseeable future and it's going to be all basketball all the time here for the next couple months and uh, maybe spring football too I don't know University of Montana they start classes here in a little less than two I guess two weeks from today Montana State they report back in a week from today so that means football could get under way as we march towards that February 27th opener, but I don't know. We'll see. We're going to concern on what's actually happening right now. I like that, but isn't it amazing, though, that we're talking... I mean, these teams are going to be reporting Coulter in the next seven days, and we're still right now going, "Eh, is it really going to happen? It's it's amazing. It's going to be quite a calamity, but the news of the day of the news of the morning, Montana got their first Big Sky Conference win, and it was a huge one because they absolutely had to have it. Montana has not started... 0-4 in Big Sky Conference play since Lou Roslo was the head coach, since Robin Selvig was a freshman player, and since Judd Heathcote was sitting at Washington State as an assistant. So it's been since this coaching tree that has so much lineage, by the way, you can go to grizzgreats.com, check out Grizzgreats, the coaching tree, all about the Judd Heathcote coaching tree. Ryan Tutel and I put that podcast series together for you last year leading up into this year. 
Um, but the the coaching lineage at the University of Montana, unprecedented, and Montana had not started 0-4 since before that coaching lineage even started. But today, uh, a huge win for Montana, 56-54 over Northern Colorado. And it was on the strength of Josh Bannon hitting a 15-footer from the left elbow with about 4.9 seconds to go. The Grizz force a turnover, and Brandon Whitney gets a free throw to help uh, provide that two-point margin. Um, but with everything that's happened with this team so far, Riley, has been sort of two-sided. On one hand, you love the spirit that the Grizz have been playing with. On the other hand, they look disjointed. On one hand, it's because they have nine new players and a bunch of freshmen. On the other hand, are the coaches putting these guys in a position to succeed? Are they really catering to their strengths? But it's a zero year, so is that really where you want to go? It's, it's kind of like maybe you just force-feed the system to these guys in hopes that they learn it. But to me, regardless of this being a pretty ugly game, neither team played that well offensively, a lot of defense, a lot of missed shots, a lot of contact in the post. At the end of the day, the story is Montana overcame and they won a one-possession game at Big Sky Conference play. And they found a way to win. I mean, because you come down to, really, with a minute to go in all four of their conference games, they basically had the same feeling. Okay, it's all up for grabs. And three of those times in a row, they came up short. So there were a lot of different crazy aspects and plays that happened for them to come out on top today. But... It's weird how the ball bounces, right? It always finds a way of coming back. Newton's law that, you know, it's going to come back to you at some point. And the Grizz were fortunate to have a couple bounces this way. When it comes to where this perspective is at for the season, I think the way that you just approached it there is perfect because there were six different scattered thoughts all randomly. And you know what? That's exactly what you think of right now with Grizzly basketball because at one time you can go, my gosh, the future looks bright. But what gets in the way of that? expectations. Sure. And the expectations of Grizzly basketball year in or year out, despite how many newcomers, what the roster looks like is that Travis DeCure is going to lead this team to a top three finish. Yep. Is that realistic this year? I'm not so sure. I, I don't think so, at least with what this team has in the regular season. We've talked about it a lot. When this team gets to Boise, I don't think I'd want to see them on their side of the bracket with how they're going to look like in March and what Coach DeCure and the track record that that staff has. But at this current moment, They're kind of all over the place when it comes to rotation. Who's going to be the guy? And that's going to be a narrative culture I think that me and you and everyone else that's on this show is going to talk about for the next couple months. Who is the closer? That's Travis DeCure's term that he uses for it. But the last couple years, you've had the luxury of a Saeed Pridgett, Ahmad Rory, Mike Ogine, three of the top eight players in school history. You don't have anything close to that right now. The closest resemblance is a Michael Stedman, and Michael Stedman shined today. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of... Guys are going to turn to. You didn't think that it was going to be Josh Bannon. I was texting you during the game. I said, hey, they got to get Bannon out of there because Bannon was attacking the basket aggressively. But he was going against one of the best defenders in the league in Bodie Hume. Bodie Hume had his number. I mean, he, he stuffed him at the rim twice in a row late in the second half. And you could just see that Bannon was so frustrated. But then when the play came open, Northern Colorado, they do all these crazy switches. A lot of times they leave guys open. They decided to leave Bannon open on a late switch, and he buries a 15-foot jumper. So even though Bannon started 4 of 16 from the floor, he's the hero, and he was in the double figures for the fifth time in his rookie season. Let's hear a little bit from Josh Bannon. He's from Melbourne, Australia. you got to love the Aussies. Here's Josh Bannon after hitting the game winner against Northern Colorado. You know, I expect him to make it. Um, I put a lot of work in and take those shots. And sort of a tough game today, missing some shots I'd like to be making, but just going to be confident and trust them. Like, I was the one open, and it was on me to take that shot, and I felt good in it. How do you not get frustrated when you are struggling to shoot a little bit and be ready to, to make the game-winning shot? 
uh, to be honest, I probably did get frustrated at times. Uh, <laughs> it, it's tough, but I just my teammates put faith in me and they support me through it. They got my back, and yeah, I just you just got to keep putting confidence in the work that you put in. Um, I think for me, it was just my coaches put, putting the confidence in me to continue to be aggressive. That was sort of something we spoke about before the game, um, was just being really aggressive inside, attacking the rim. Um, and I just continued to do that through through the missed shots, knowing that it was good shots and ultimately it was going to go down. High level of maturity from a true freshman there, Josh Bannon, a six foot nine forward from Melbourne, Australia, who buried the game winning shot against Northern Colorado to lift Montana to their first conference victory. Riley, you mentioned Michael Stedman. Michael Stedman's a senior, a preseason all big sky pick despite not playing last year for the Grizzlies after transferring from San Jose State. Transformed his body in the offseason, lost a bunch of weight, and then had a lot of expectations coming into this year, being a preseason all league pick. And he's been up and down this year. When he's Scores it well, and when he's a go-to guy in the post, Montana's really good. I think he's averaging 18 points per game in their wins. He's averaging six points per game in their losses. Thursday, you could tell that the that Travis DeCure was frustrated with Stedman's initiative. He only played him for 15 minutes, and uh, Stedman, he by and large struggled offensively. So before we get your thoughts on Stedman, a few thoughts from Michael Stedman after a 19.10 rebound double-double that really helped lift Montana to their first league win. Mike, what's it been like to just have the, the first four conference games come down to, to one possession, and how good does it feel to get a win? Oh, man, it's nerve-wracking like crazy, but uh, I think it's building us as a team to be able to fight through adversity and be in these close games, and I think it'll help us later on down the stretch when we go to the tournament and the conference tournament and hopefully get to the real tournament. So I think it's been a big for big thing for us. Mike, how would you describe this matchup overall? I mean, Northern Colorado, physical team, a defensive-oriented team, but you guys are as well. So, I mean, what was the difference for you guys, and what was it like playing against a team that has a sort of, at least defensively, a similar style? Yeah, uh, like Travis said, it's a dogfight. So, we had to be ready to go out there and, and hit them first because if we dare, if we, we just slay back, they're just going to attack us. So, like you seen in the first game, it came up to like a 21-10 to 10 lead in the first half, so. Our big objective was to hit them first and just carry that throughout the game and just play physical as we can. They were a physical team, so we got you can't lay down. Did you change anything in your mindset or your preparation to help you get on track this game? Yeah, that was the biggest thing. I kind of got away from what was important and what the team needs for, to be successful. So I had to talk with coach and we figured it out and we were able to come out the W. How does it How does it feel, fellas, just to to get the monkey off the back, get that first conference win, especially in the nail biter? Good. We're going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> I, feel, I feel great. You guys were down 44 to 42, and then you guys kind of switch up this lineup where it's you and four guards, basically. Um, and you guys go on that 11-2 run. You score seven of those points. What you guys like about offensively that you're able to find and get some rhythm going as you guys built that seven-point lead? Um, we were able to get a lot of paint touches, and we were sharing the ball a lot. So I felt like the offense was way more fluent, and then my post catches were deeper. It, it just made the game a lot more easier. And we were just turning the ball, so I think that was the biggest thing. And we were playing a lot faster, too, because we had four guards, and like you said, so. Bannon's buzzer beater is going to be the thing that gets most of the headlines here. But to me, Riley, I thought Montana toyed with a bunch of lineups this weekend. They tried to go big because Northern Colorado, by and large, is pretty big. But then when uh, Jorkic, the, the big guy from Northern Colorado, got into foul trouble, Montana had a little bit of a size advantage, so Michael Stedman was able to take advantage of that. But I thought where Montana really turned the corner was down the stretch. between At the, the second-to-last media timeout, about eight minutes to go in the game, Montana went with a lineup 
that included Stedman in the middle and then four guards around him. They were playing Robbie Beasley and Brandon Whitney, the two freshmen, and, and Josh Vasquez, and then a kind of a combination of Cam Parker and uh, Kyle Owens. Owens has played a lot more in the front court this year, but he was playing in kind of the backcourt. But they were playing four round one, and they had a lot better spacing, a lot better flow. They went on an 11-2 run. They took the lead. That was kind of the key to the game. Huge key, and I think that's been the biggest key for this team all year is the spacing. That's something we've talked about, the spacing, the crisp passing, and it just seems that there's more flow on the floor when you have that kind of lineup. And I think you can go a lot back to when Jamara Coe was at his peak in his Grizzly career. It kind of had that same feel with the four guards, one guy in the post, and Jamar was kind of uh, controlling the keys there. And I see the same similarities. And for Michael Stebbin, it has to be tough for him. I, I mean, he's the guy at San Jose State. And we all know that some people might get married to the numbers that you can put up and, and what you, at the end of the day, okay, well, I had my 11th double-double. But at the end of the day, what do you need from your team? And I thought that that quote that you grabbed there was very telling because when Stedman is in the doghouse, for lack of a better term, or is not on the floor as much, it is due to two things. It's due to being in foul trouble from lazy fouls defensively, or it's due to lack of rebounding. And I think the, the latter there is what really the coaching staff needs from him even more. And when you see him rebounding, it kind of funnels from there. More success for him. And to see him get 10 rebounds, and I also think Coulter, one play that will never go in the box score and will never be known to anyone other than the, what, 12 people that were there, was <laughs> yeah. he took a charge late. They did. They actually called a foul beforehand, but for him to stand in there defensively tells me he's locked in on all sides. He needs to be the guy for the Grizzlies. They have eight underclassmen. He's the lone senior. They expected him to come in here and kind of be the guy, and I think that this was maybe a better indication of what he's capable of. Because we are the, some of the only people in the community that actually get to go to these games, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there listening. Trust me, I'm getting your texts. We're getting your Twitter interactions, all that stuff when we're at games. I appreciate it. I love it. And I, I hope to always get back to you in short order. Uh, but there's been a lot of frustration watching this team because the fluidity of them is, is just lacking still. And I think part of that's the new faces. Part of it's the young guys. And, but I, the one thing that I've heard from Grizz fans around the community is just why aren't they just getting out and running? This is an athletic team. They don't necessarily have the shooting locked in quite yet, so why not just get out and run? And the one thing I will say is now uh, in, I guess it would be year four covering Travis DeCure day in and day, day out, and, and year seven of doing it you know, from a broad Big Sky perspective, he sticks to what is important to him. He, oh, he never, ever, ever delineates from how demanding he is and the way that he coaches his teams. And you have to give him a lot of credit for that. He's not going to break down a system and build a new one based on talent. He's going to make his guys play the system. Some people would say that's stubborn, but the proof's in the pudding. They've won the league, what, four times? The regular season league title four times under Coach DeCure. They've made it to the last two NCAA tournaments. So even if it's frustrating now, I think that they certainly will evolve as time goes on. And the fact that this is a zero year for almost everybody, I think it will pay dividends in the long run. It's Nuanas now. Riley Corcoran joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Here's what we're going to do. We're not late yet, so we're going to be early since you know it's 2021. We're going to turn over a new leaf. But we do have a few quotes from Travis DeCure, as well as Northern Colorado head coach Steve Smiley. Riley Corkin in with me, Coulter Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Missoula. 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Coulter Nuanez here, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he will almost every Monday and certainly every Tuesday for the foreseeable future. We also got a bunch of other special guests lined up for you. If you're watching us on TV, you're watching us on SWX Montana Television statewide. And the main guy from SWX Montana Television, Sean Rainey, he'll be joining me on Wednesday. He's already fired up. Anthony oh. Lynn got fired today from the Chargers. I think Sean's going to have an hour just on Chargers football. You know what you should do? You know what you should do? You should tell Sean the show starts at 3. And then <laughs> let him get all of his Chargers stuff out by 3.55, and then you'll be able to start your show. At Our last Make It Rainy podcast of the year on New Year's Day, Sean proclaimed that if they didn't fire Anthony Lynn, he was going to get a new team. And oh, I, wow. I told him. Dude, they already moved from San Diego and you didn't drop them. You're the only Chargers fan in Montana. You can't go away from your team. It's in your blood, He's man. carrying the flag. He's you you it. can't do it. If you want to listen to us live, you can go 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. The live stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, you can. 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can also text it, too. So give it to us. I, I'll always have a co-host, so I can always read your text. We'll always catch up, at least by the end of the show or at least by the end of the week. I want to get around the big sky, but first I want to finish talking about this Montana 56-54 victory over Northern Colorado. Travis Dekir entered this weekend, uh, I guess this season, as the Big Sky Conference coach with the highest, uh, third highest win percentage in the history of the league. He'd won 85 conference games in a total of 113 coming into this year. So really, really good success, even more than some of the men that preceded him at Montana. But an 0-3 start was something that was very rare for the Grizzlies. First time since Blaine Taylor was the head coach some 23 years ago that Montana was 0-3. But Montana gets off the schneid with a 56-54 win thanks to Josh Bannon's game winner. So we caught up with Coach Takir after the game, after his team's first Big Sky Cowards victory. We played harder. We played more together. I mean, at the end of the day, that was really our focus was that, you know, I don't think we're playing hard enough to start the game on Thursday, and we let them set the tone. Um, first four minutes, you know, you you, you want to let someone know the game means to you, um, you know, and, and, and create confidence for yourself. And I don't think we did a good enough job of that on on Saturday. Tonight, today, we did that. And, we, you know, we got the first loose ball. We got the first offensive rebound. We, we got all the hustle points early. 
stuck together. I thought we did a better job through adversity, you know, the end of the half. We, we should have went in a half with a lead. And, you know, obviously, you know, we, we just didn't handle a couple of situations very well. Um, come out, we get off to a good start in the second half. And we got a chance to maybe put them away and they bang some shots. And uh, we, we could, you know, kind of go, here we go again. We didn't do that. We stuck together. We had leadership in our huddles. And uh, karma kicks in at the end. Have you been a part of, uh, you know, four conference games decided by six total points? Do you, do you remember a time having four of that in a row that close? No, not at all. And and it, it, it it's it's been hard, you know, because you have such a young group that, you know, it's hard to win those types of games with guys that have never been in that situation. And so we're, we're, we're kind of learning as we go. How much, you know, getting Stedman going, especially with such a young team, um, how much does, you know, getting him going really kind of change the dynamic of, of your squad? It's huge. He, he, we, we need him to get going, and he needed to get himself going too. And, and I thought because he was focused on some other things other than scoring, the scoring came. I, I thought he did a phenomenal job on defense, clogging up the middle, contesting shots. Um, he was really good in the ball screen coverage. Uh, and then obviously he rebounded the ball. And when you get those effort points, you, you tend to have mojo when the ball comes to you. Coach, uh, Josh Bannon made that really good shot at the end of the game. Uh, how does it make you feel knowing you have a freshman um, that can step up and make a shot, and especially for a guy like Josh who maybe struggled a little bit through the stretch? I'm big. I, you know, Whitney's made some tough some tough shots down the stretch in some close games as well, um, and, 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 and that's a good sign. Obviously, you got a sophomore in Josh Vasquez that's hit threes, down three. Beasley's gone three for three from the free throw line. So some guys that got all the right juice in their veins, and we just got to grow through the other pains. And I think the biggest thing for Bannon, though, is that the adversity at the end of the game on Saturday, for him to have that opportunity um, and that shot was huge to see it go in for him. Coach, uh, with Josh maybe not having the strongest first half, struggling as we've discussed, what changed for him in the second half to do much better, especially capping the game off with that, that last second shot? I think he never got discouraged. I think he hung in there, you know, in, in the huddles. He was he was pumping guys up. He was he was helping his teammates with communication. He wasn't worried about what wasn't working for him. He was more concerned about what was next. And that that's what winners have to do. And and our team has to get better in that area. And I thought he improved from that from Saturday to today. Play was Josh the first option on that, or what were you guys kind of trying to look for there? Josh was the third option. Uh, Vasquez coming off from the corner. We we they, they typically don't help on cross screens and back screens, so we thought maybe we can get steady on the backside for a layup. And there was enough confusion that Stedman wasn't open, but they weren't sure who had who. And then Bannon broke open late, and so we knew that either he could get it coming to the basket or flashing to the elbow where he got it. And that for him to have that confidence, you mentioned he didn't get discouraged. I mean, tough shooting night for him overall, but to have that confidence to knock that down, pretty big moment for him. Well, while we were having this conversation on Saturday, he was in the gym shooting. And that's a sign of someone that wants to be in that situation again. So I think he prepared himself for it. So you go, Travis Takir, after his 86th Big Sky Conference victory. It is Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. 
statewide SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio. We're going to get to Steve Smiley, first-year head coach from Northern Colorado, here in just a quick minute. And you're going to be taken aback because he sounds exactly like Jeff Linder. I can't even believe it. Really? He sounds just like former Northern Colorado head coach Jeff Linder. When I first talked to him on the phone, and this is this is COVID in a nutshell right here, right? After these games, we get on the Zoom. It's actually in some ways more efficient because we can get the player interviews done while Travis DeCure's doing Riley's post-game show. You mean after 25 minutes before he comes out? Okay, 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 okay. I had to throw that That's right. But then, and then Trav comes talks to us. But also then I've been able to get, at least this time, uh, the coat, I mean, Northern Colorado, I had to take a bus to Bozeman because they flew out of Bozeman. So they got a three-hour window where I can just give a call. So check in with UNC Sports Info and and get the... uh, get the scoop from them, but uh, we'll, we'll get to Steve Smiley here in just a quick minute, but Riley, I just wanted to get your overall evaluation of Northern Colorado here in, in Steve Smiley's first season, because this has been a team that the last several years, one of the most definitive styles in the league, Jeff Linder, offensively, takes his best player, puts the ball in his hands, and that guy's going to have one of the five highest usage rates in the country. It was Andre Spite, well, it was Jordan Davis, and then Andre Spite, and then Jordan Davis, and then Jonah Radaba a year ago, and defensively, they're going to chase you off the three-point line all day. They do not want you to even shoot threes, let alone make threes. They're going to force it into the paint. And in the past, we've seen like when Montana had a dominant big guy like Jamar Coe, he goes nuts, scores like 30 points in the paint. But then we've also seen that that style backfire, and it's it's been a, a pest to Montana for sure. Northern Colorado, Colorado winning three times in a row in Missoula, beating the Grizz three times in a row overall. So this is a huge breakthrough for Montana. That might sound ironic, Make no mistake, Northern Colorado's been one of the better programs in the league the last 10 years. Despite having four different coaches, their system looks so much the same from Tad Boyle through B.J. Hill through Jeff Linder and now with Steve Smiley. But just your overall evaluation, because I didn't know what Northern Colorado was going to look like with Radabaugh no longer on the team. I agree with you, and I, and I was. I was impressed. That's my first takeaway from them, because I thought for sure there was going to be maybe a step back. Jeff Linder, what he was able to do for Northern Colorado, and for those that haven't been to Greeley, nothing... For about Greeley in general, it's just a hard place to win. That's a hard place to sure. win. And they have had three consecutive 20-win seasons. I mean, so give Jeff Linder credit, everything in between. There's their style and strategy of our threes are going to beat your twos. Mm-hmm. We're going to chase mm-hmm. you off the mm-hmm. line. I want to say that they have the fewest three-pointers attempted against them in the last three years collectively. So that That's right. f- furthers your point even more. Their style... To me, they kept their same identity, and that to me is gritty defense and put the ball in Bodie Hume's hands. And you know what? Long story short, that's going to come down in your favor more times than not. Bodie Hume's an amazing basketball player, I think, and he was in foul trouble the the first game and being able to kind of contribute a little bit more even in this one. You just see the firepower he has. Defensively was kind of my big question mark. Are mm-hmm. they going to be the same tough, gritty defense that just frustrates you? And what I think, too, is what you can tell, and you can maybe even tell more Coulter uh, with an empty arena, they game plan so effectively, and yes. I have a lot of respect for them because there were times in my old chair, when I go back to last year and the previous years, when I'm sitting at the Grizzly bench, I'm right there with Coach DeCure, yep. and I see to my left the Northern Colorado bench. Every time that Coach DeCure or the staff would call it a set play, it was Jeff Linder looking at Travis. Jeff was not looking at the court. They were looking at Coach DeCure, whatever the play was called. The Northern Colorado staff was dialed in. They tell their staff they relate to the players. So I would say more than anything else, the takeaway I had from these two games that I thought there would be a dip 
with no Jeff Linder and with Coach Smiley and said, not the case. They were just as prepared, just as dialed in, same gritty style. The only difference, maybe they don't quite have a Jonah Radabaugh. They have Bodie Hume. If they have one, maybe two more pieces, watch out. But uh, give Northern Colorado credit. They did not stray away from their formula, and, and I think it's a pretty good formula for success in this league where they're not ready to take a step back. I thought maybe this team maybe wasn't an upper-half team in the league. After watching them this weekend, not so sure about that. It got to give the program as a whole credit for developing talent, too, because it seems like when guys stick around there, they get better. I mean, Sam Masson's a better player than he was a couple years ago. He's not going to be a scorer. He's a great program guy. You, you can get by with him in a game. They, they replaced their primary ball handler with Dalen Coots coming over as a transfer from Colorado. He's a very talented guy. He went off in the first half against the Grizz on um, Saturday, and Grizz did a better job on him uh, on Monday Four points on two and nine shooting, so that was a good adjustment by the Grizz. And th- their big guys seem to always get better as well. So, I mean, if you're penciling it out as far as who's got the most talented, you know, all-conference caliber players, besides Hume, it's not really there for Northern Colorado, but it doesn't matter because they run a good system and they recruit to it. Steve Smiley, in his first season as Northern Colorado's head coach, he was on Jeff Linder's staff the last three years, so he knows what this is all about. And he sounds an awful lot like Coach Linder as well. Here's our conversation from the bus as they made their way back to Bozeman. I mean, first of all, to start there, I mean, why is it always so close between these two teams? seems like the last three or four years it comes down the wire between Northern Colorado and Montana every time. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, obviously, you know, Montana's not, not just a good team, but just, you know, their overall program, their culture, they're going to be good every year. And and to beat them, you, you have to go out and beat them. They're, they're not going to beat themselves. Um, so I, I think just between the two teams, it's been you know, pretty evenly matched over the last three or four years. Boy, every year it's a different team for each of us and different rosters and the way we play. But uh, you know, I think the underlying culture and toughness uh, doesn't change much. So it was uh, two great battles. I know your first year as the head coach, but it seems like you guys had a lot of confidence coming to Missoula, being that you had one here before. So, I mean, did you, did you sense that coming into the weekend? Yeah, I, I think more so for us coming into the weekend. I think we had some confidence in ourselves. We, you know, we finally had a chance to practice. We got about three or four practices in and. You know, before before Christmas, we played seven games in 14 days, and we never had, a, like, a real practice. It was just all, you know, day before, scout, this, that, whatever, and we couldn't get ourselves better. So I think us playing better this weekend um, had a lot to do with just being able to get back to the drawing board and work on some things that we need, needed to get better at. But, yeah, I, th- I think our guys had some confidence coming here. And, and you know, not, not just confidence, but um, knowing that this, this is going to be a battle. I mean, it's, you know, if you don't come in here and, and – and, ready for you know like a rock fight you're just not going to win so our guys definitely knew that, that they better be on edge to, to compete in these two games Bodie Hume gets you the bucket to, to basically win it on Saturday and then a great start in the first half day as well but did I mean did, yeah. did they make an adjustment defensively or how were they able to kind of limit him in the in the second half like they did well you know it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see on the film I haven't watched that part yet but they did a good job and, and they were so um Folks, on I'm really trying to take him out and turn it into a four and four game, which a lot of teams are going to do. You know, Butter's obviously a great player, and um, so you know, watching the film, we'll see what it looks like. But um, you know, I just think that they've got a bunch of big guys that can chase them around, be physical, and you know, what we tried to do is see if they were going to switch switch screens or stay with screens. It's just kind of a cat and mouse game, but. They, they, they did a nice job of that, and, and even when they went small with the four guards, I, I thought that that was a really good look for them. Um, and, and we struggled to, to take advantage of it. You know, a couple times we put Bodie in the post, and uh, he had good looks, just just didn't knock him down. Uh, but you know, definitely give uh, give them credit for making some adjustments. I was going to ask you about exactly that because it seemed like Montana went big for most of the weekend, 
And then they went with that four-guard lineup down the stretch and it had a little bit of separation there. I mean, was that a key adjustment, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think, you know, when they have the four guards, it's, it's different than when, when they're playing big and they got the two, two or even sometimes three big guys and they're just trying to jam it in. And that's where it just turns into a fight, you know. I mean, if, if, if they sometimes they're going to be able to finish easily sometimes, it's going to be a matter of who can get those second and third, you know, opportunities rebound-wise because we limit them to one shot. And then you change everything when you go to the four guards and it spaces out. So you got to change your mentality, mentality defensively as well. And so I thought that was a good, a, 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 a good adjustment for you know for them. And and um, it, it certainly was one of those times in the game where they stretched out. It'll be interesting to see on the film kind of how that all happened. But uh, it was it was a different look to them for sure. As a head coach, what's your take on on the back to backs? I mean, what do you like about it, and what's difficult about playing the same team two times in the span of less than forty eight hours? Yeah, it's just totally different, and um, you know, at least, at least it's equal. You know, whatever whatever it is for us, it's the same for the opponent. So, I think the big thing is having it's it's fair and it's equal. And you know, I just don't, I don't feel like there's a ton of home court advantage for anybody this year in terms of you know, there's no crowds. So obviously, you know, Montana, you, you have to not only you know, like not only beat Montana, but they got such great crowds. So I don't feel like there's a ton of home court advantage. But I do think you know, I mean, sleeping in your own beds and, and playing in your own gym that still helps out. But it, it is different. You kind of sit there in that in that one day off, you know, to try to prepare and decide, okay, what what works? What are they going to take away? How do we change this? What do we do? Do we stick with things? And and um, it's it's a totally different way to do it. Um, it it's something that you know I think we're all going through and figuring out. But I think that's why you see some some swings. You know, some teams, even our league, there, there have been games where you know one team wins by thirty in the first game, then loses the second game. And I think right. you're you're going to continue to see those wild swings. Just because the uh, just how how strange it is for all of us. Last thing for you, your team's been so fun to cover the last couple of years because you guys have had these tremendous stars. They can just put the ball in the bucket. Andre Spite, Jordan Davis, Jonah Radabaugh, and it looks like a completely new look for you guys, but still similar style. What, what do you like about this kind of the differences in the style that you're playing with so far, and just how would you evaluate your team at this point? Well, no, we definitely like the team. Um, you know, I think we're still trying to figure some things out, even though. We're in league play. I mean, nine, nine games in at this point in time, we'd still be in the non-conference and still trying to figure some things out. So, you know, we do have some returners and we have some new guys, and just not having much for preseason. You're still trying to figure out. There's there's some position battles that are so close. Still trying to make the decision on who, who's supposed to play over who, and so that's one thing. Um, and I think I think you look at it say even for like Montana, where you, know, you look at the second half. I, I don't think Carter Hollinger played maybe at all in the second half, or maybe just a little bit. And right. Matt Anderson never got in the game. And, I think we're also trying to figure it out. Um, but I think for us, you know, it's just, you know, every year it's, it's you know, after, after we had Andre Spite, you know, Jordan Davis was solidified as a very good player. But losing JD, people were just like, well, you know, you guys aren't going to have enough firepower. You know, to start that year, Jonah wasn't even our point guard. He was off the ball, and it took us some time to figure out kind of that he had grown into that role. And, you know, obviously right now, you know, trying to play a lot through Bodie because Bodie, Bodie's a really special player, and he can handle that load. But I really like our guys. I mean, I think one thing that's weakened for us, even when we won, uh, in the first game, you know, Kour uh, Jakuch had a good weekend, but he's getting in so much foul trouble yeah. that we, we have to do a good job. He has to do a better job of, of, of not getting into foul trouble. we got to figure that out. It, it, it even forced us today to resort to play a little bit of two zone in the first half, which, which was fine. But, you know, with the foul trouble, it can really change the game. So I, I do like our team. I like our veteran guys. We're still a work in progress. We've still got to figure a lot of things out, but I think there's a lot, a lot of positives for sure. Steve Smiley, Northern Colorado, first-year head coach, joining us on Nuanas Now Familiar Today. Colter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran.
Going to go around the Big Sky, give you some scores from over the weekend, and give you a little insight into the women's league as well. More teams on the women's side getting games in on the men's side. We'll start there. We'll be back right after this. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. If that last calendar year wasn't the end of the world, it's never coming during our lifetimes. I'll promise you that. Nuanas now. Coulter Nuanas joined in studio. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, continue to break down Big Sky Conference hoops, both the men's and women's side. If you missed the first 45 minutes of the show, Montana posted a 56-54 victory over Northern Colorado. First Big Sky Conference win for the Grizzlies. Now we're going to talk just a little bit about the rest of the league and, and uh, give you some scores from the women's side as well before then hour number two. All NFL all the time. I know that's what everybody was watching yesterday. It was a big day in the NFL, and now we got our playoffs all set, so we'll get into that here in the second hour. But rather from around the rest of the league uh, over the weekend, NAU beat Idaho 83-78. It took three career highs for the Vandals to even force that game into overtime. You hate to say it, but with this limited schedule and them already playing all these money games, Idaho's going to be scratching and clawing to get even one win this year. It's going to be really tough. And I, you, you hope that teams can kind of climb out of the cellar at, at points, but with where Idaho's at, and, and you would think the NAU, those are, what, their two most winnable games on yep. the schedule, yep. you would think. So it's going to be tough. They'll probably surprise one team or two, but sure. boy, if you're expecting much more than that, it, it might be a tough year over there in Moscow. Pretty easy to recap the rest of the league. Idaho State and Weber State canceled twice. Southern Utah at Montana State canceled twice. Portland State at Eastern Washington canceled twice. To get some games in, Weber State played Utah Valley on Saturday. They won 70-62 to in Montana State. They got a game against Montana Western on Friday, and they were able to pull away in that one, 96-67. So the Bobcats now 3-3 three and three overall, but only one Division I win. It came on the opening evening of college basketball at UNLV, the one that turned everybody's heads. The Big Sky Conference had hardly any Division One wins in the non-conference whatsoever, but Montana State with a great win in Vegas, and then they haven't really been able to put anything together. And I know Danny Sprinkle is really frustrated. I'm going to talk to Coach Sprinkle tomorrow morning. We'll have some sound from him uh, during tomorrow afternoon's show. But he was really just wanting to get on the court for something because they have, like the Grizz, a bunch of new faces. I think both squads, nine new players on each side. And Coach Sprinkle, because of COVID, because of the new faces, because of a sporadic schedule that had – not one, but two different 16-day gaps in between Division One games. He still is like, I don't have any ideas. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't have any clue about my team right now. So, Montana State, I don't even have an evaluation on them yet. Have you been able to catch Montana State or any other Big Sky Conference teams the last couple weeks? You know, I caught the Cats early, and yeah. I caught their game against Yellowstone Christian, and I also caught the game against UNLV. Sure. And again, that raises the eyebrows going, 
Okay, well, this is what they're capable of. We know kind of the proven commodities with what MSU has, and I'm kind of in the same camp, of course, as Danny Sprinkle is. I think that they're a team that uh, I know they're well-regarded throughout the league. That sure. This is, this is more of a team, hey, watch out for them more than a, hey, they're kind of fool's gold. No, sure. people are on alert for what the for Cats sure. can do, but you got to have some sort of consistency. I think more than who they played, it's when they played. You can't have two 16-day gaps right. like that and expect to have any sort of consistency. What's Northern Colorado done? They played seven games in 14 days. what the Grizz do? They grinded out eight games in 25 days. That's how you get better or at least see teams evolve. Cats just haven't had any sample size to go from. The irony was the Southern Utah games getting canceled this weekend were actually the first cancellations Montana State. Sprinkle said, hey, I wanted to play a couple games, and then I wanted to have this break with the Olson Christian game in there because I, I wanted it to be like training camp. I wanted to use that time to get his guys in shape. Well, they had the Olson Christian win, and uh, they definitely looked tired in that game, but then they go on the road and at Wazoo, and they get absolutely smacked at Washington State. So perplexing. I don't know where to, to sit with the Cats right now, but here we are uh, headed into the third weekend of Big Sky Conference play, even though Big Sky Conference play started the first weekend of December of last year. So 2020. So 2020. We got two teams sitting at 2-0. and Southern Utah, because of their cancellations, those two wins over Montana loom large right now from the opening weekend. Sac State's also at 2-0. and Eastern Washington, they're 1-0. Who knows when they're going to play again? They've had multi, they had the cancellations against Weber, and then now they're on another 10-day quarantine moving forward. So they're not going to play, I, what I read, January 9th or 10th or 11th or something like that until they're eligible again to play? Could be the first game. So, I mean, Eastern, we're already talking about, I don't know if people caught the news, but you have to play 10 games to get seated. Right. They're already pushing the envelope there on those 10. Oh, already pushing the envelope. NAU is 2-1, and one, Northern Colorado now 2-2. Two and two. Idaho, Weber State one and one, Idaho State one and one, Portland State one and one, Montana State zero and zero. Montana because they've got every game in there one and three. So Montana sitting here in second to last, and Idaho sitting here in last at zero and four. And most of it is just because of the way that the games have played. I mean, uh, Montana has gotten all four games in, and they've played two of the better teams in the league. Yet here they are sitting in, uh, what, 10th uh, place. Exactly. Two, two quick thoughts on that. Number one, the Grizz are one of just 10 teams in the country that has not had a COVID interruption. What was interesting to me, just when you talk about geography and everything in between, they're the only school west of Oklahoma State that has not had one COVID interruption to their season. And my second thought, Coulter, just by going through the standings and all that, it's all going to come down to Boise, even exactly. more so this year than ever. It's all going to be about what and happens. And that brings me full circle to what I was talking about in the first segment with Montana. On one hand, it is stubborn by the Montana coaching staff to just knock it out and run and do simplistic stuff to cater to their young new roster. On the other hand, they all ha- they have a plan. It's all about what's going to happen in March, as it is every year, but I agree with you more than ever before. We'll get into some more women's basketball stuff. Um Maybe in the second hour here, but more likely tomorrow for our great listeners around the state of Montana, SWX Montana Television, here's what you need to know from the Montana schools. Lady Grizz had an epic comeback from down 19 points on Friday night at Northern Colorado to post a 60-56 to win. They ended the game on a 27-4 to run. I put it on Twitter after the game was over. I said, that was an old-school Lady Grizz win right there. And usually those kind of old-school wins, though, come in Dahlberg Arena with 5,000 people on hand. This was on the road in front of nobody, so that's a good building block for Montana, but Coach Petrino's team, they can't get too comfortable falling behind early because then they built themselves a 24-point deficit in the first half in Greeley on Sunday, and they weren't able to come back. They did force overtime, but they fall one point short. So Lady Grizz split the opening weekend. They were supposed to have already played Big Sky Conference games, but their games against Southern Utah were canceled. 
early, uh, I guess early last month. So Montana sitting there one on one, Northern Colorado sitting there one on one. But we do have four teams on the women's side that have gotten the four games in: Idaho State, Northern Arizona, Idaho, and then Eastern Washington. I think that those first three I listed are. Th- the three favorites on the women's side, with the exception of probably the two Montana schools, and then Eastern Washington uh, getting a sweep over Portland State this weekend. We'll see if that can position them uh, for a bounce back year after having a down year uh, last year. But they do have one of the most veteran coaches in the league in Wendy Schuler. We'll get more to the women's league tomorrow. Riley will be back with us tomorrow, but don't worry. He's staying around right now. He'll be here, and uh, we're going to do all NFL all the time. Right at the top of the hour, Nuanez now, 129 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 